The issues that matter most, right here. The Drew Mariani Show. On Relevant Radio. She had gotten uh, the Gardasil shot on June 3rd. A few days later, she was telling me, she said, Mom, I feel really tired. And she also said, I feel like dizzy when I stand up. She had never complained of anything like that before. I didn't think anything of it at the time. And uh, it was not until sometime later that I realized that that had significance. It's the Drew Mariani Show on Relevant Radio. Yeah, I want to talk about that coming up a little later in the hour because I know a lot of people are concerned about the HPV, an HPV vaccine, and Gardasil's come out with one of the leading ones. Um, And uh, there was a report just recently of a mother who lost two daughters after receiving the shot. Uh, Dr. John Littell, who's been with me many times over the years in the past, I remember he wrote a book. When I first started putting him on the air, we actually were talking a lot about HPV. We were talking a lot about Gardasil. And he wrote a book called uh, The Hidden Truth, Deception in Women's Healthcare. I think he's updating it, too. I'll find out when he joins me in a few minutes here. Uh, He's a family practice physician and solo practice down in uh, Florida. And uh, if you have had this shot or if you've had side effects or if you're concerned about it, or if you're questioning whether or not you should get it, we'll take your calls. I thought we'd also talk today before he joins us uh, just uh, about vaccines in general. I, we, I forget who we were talking to. It might have been Dr. Littell here or somebody. And I had a nurse that called in and she was upset and, and I, she had a legitimate concern. I mean, she says, hey, uh, during COVID, I saw a lot of people die. You know, I was in ERs, and I've, I've seen a lot of people um, pass away as a result of COVID, and that vaccine saves a lot of lives, right? There's been a lot of evidence that has come out post-COVID about everything from myocarditis to all sorts of other ailments um, as a result of the vaccine. And earlier this week, there was a massive study that was, well, it was just, well, how am I going to put this? There was a study that was produced, and it analyzed the uh side effects of various COVID vaccines. And the study involved 99 million people from seven nations. So this is not a small study. We're not talking a thousand people, right? We're talking 99 million people from seven nations who received either the mRNA shot from Moderna or Pfizer or the viral vector shot from AstraZeneca. So they're, they were looking at, they were looking for risks of 13 uh, different what they call adverse events of specialized interest or AESI. And that just means bad side effects you know, they were particularly interested in too. What they found were elevated numbers of people who had uh, this, uh, I think it's called, was it Gillian? I, I forget that. Uh, what's that syndrome? The bar, uh, is it Gillian Barr? What, what is it? I'm trying to remember the name of it. I can't remember the name of it. What is it, Mac? Guillain-Barre, that's it. I am trying to remember the name off the top of my head. Um, they had that syndrome um, and myocarditis and pericarditis and a whole number of other issues. Uh, some people were having, you know, uh, thrombosis, you know, they had uh, all sorts of different issues. And this study's really quite fascinating. Dr. John Littell will break it down for us, but uh, the Epic Times was reporting that uh, 
you know, this CVST is where blood clots form in the brain, blocking the blood from draining out, and it can end up causing a hemorrhage. And there, I mean, 21 events were expected. Researchers identified over three times that number following the first dose of the AstraZeneca vaccine. So uh, there's more to the picture than perhaps meets the eye here. And mainstream media has put the best spin on it that they could, saying that, um, you know, the adverse events were extremely rare and any reporting about them from non-mainstream media resources have, you know, been overblowing the reports. So, and, and the results, I'll leave it at that. You know, you can do your own due diligence and you can discern for yourself where you are on this thing. But I did hear an analogy the other day that I liked. Somebody said, look, if there's a Super Bowl of Skittles, right? If you had this, this giant bowl of Skittles on the table and you were told that one of those candy pieces was laced with cyanide, I don't care how big the bowl is, right? Um, would you reach your hand in that bowl and, and take a Skittle? Would you want to take that chance? Of course not, right? Of, of course not. But uh, at least I wouldn't. I don't know. Maybe you would. Maybe the odds are in your favor. But there are all kinds of stories of people who've had adverse effects to these uh, to these shots. Megan Kelly interviewed a chemist whose wife decided to get the AstraZeneca shot or trial, and she ended up not being able to, to walk along with a host of other symptoms. So it took the NIH uh, to intervene to get her the help that she needed after her local doctors told her, hey, this is all in your head. This isn't real. Well. You tell that to my legs. Joining me right now, Dr. John Littell. Great to have him here with us. You can check him out at his website, johnlittellmd.com. That's L-I-T-T-E-L-L-M-D.com, johnlittellmd.com. Good to have him with me again. Doctor, good afternoon. Good afternoon, Drew. A pleasure as always to be with you. Uh, thanks for having me. Uh I'm delighted. First of all, I thought we'd talk COVID and some of these vaccine side effects first. We could also get to Gardasil maybe a little later in our conversation. But um, you heard what I was saying. You heard what's being reported. You heard what happened to Megyn Kelly. The COVID vaccines are supposed to help people not get COVID. Um, what are your thoughts on the uh, the myriad of, of side effects that are being reported? And, and is there evidence that points to that? Well, there's a fame. One of our founding fathers uh, said, "Facts are stubborn things, huh?" Uh, and um, yes, they are. Uh, right. And I've been doing this now for 35 years, uh, taking care of people with coronavirus for every bit of 35 years. Coronavirus is not new; it's been around since probably Adam and Eve. It's a cold virus, and yet we saw in 2020 the emergence of the Wuhan variant, the Alpha variant, initially, then the Delta which hit our country, and we lost many, many people in our country. And, you're, and you're, the nurse who called in was justified in, in being upset at the loss of so many during the Delta, especially the 2021 um, variants. But the one thing that, that people will not ever see, seriously come to grips with in this country is that we never needed these mRNA injections to begin with. Um, I know people that were in the Trump White House that were begging for early treatment of covid you, it, this, this, this is going to sound conspiratorial, and I'm sorry, but it has, there's no other explanation. I'm looking right now at a letter that was given to the 2,000 physicians in one large hospital system in Orlando, Florida, in the midst of the Delta variant, in the midst of this in 2021, recommending against the use not only of ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine, but also corticosteroids and azithromycin, the z pack. all right? This... This, this 
deliberate, you know, assault on the freedom of doctors to treat patients in the early stages of COVID. Thank God I didn't. I'm not employed by this hospital system. I was not bound by any restrictions. My patients did not get hospitalized. I was actually called to the hospitals. Drew, during in 2021, I was actually on staff at six different hospitals, three in the Orlando area, three in Ocala. I was one person going back and forth. I was a madman. As I say, it was harder than any deployment I ever had in the military. But I was being called upon to help people who did not have me as their primary doctor. They, it was too, they were too far gone in many cases. But you know, Drew, the mayor of our town here in Ocala got admitted. He called me. He is the only patient I know that got a full dose of ivermectin and everything else I threw at him in the hospital. He was duck hunting in two weeks. He's in his 70s, okay? Um, he got over it quickly. My point, Drew, is that you have to consider these injections as what they were. I believe they were an assault, an all-out assault on the American public. I think the pediatric profession, especially when all the other countries in this world, in the, all the civilized countries in the world have said, do not give these shots to children. And I just had a woman in my office today, a medical assistant who came to my practice from the University of Florida Pediatric Clinic, where they castigated her. They, they said, you want your five-year-old son to die from COVID. This is like never gonna happen. And she and her husband made an informed decision not to give their five-year-old son a new injection. Uh, it's just, you know, and then she obviously, they, you know, the husband had a hard time not getting very angry, to say the least. I, I just find it incredible what we're dealing with now, Drew. And so, yeah, uh, people died from COVID. I believe thousands of people died unnecessarily from COVID. And I believe these mRNA injections need to be called exactly what they are. They're not vaccines. They're new technologies that are still unproven, untested, and not proven safe by any stretch, especially in children. And if you only saw the number of adverse reactions I've seen, That's you'd, amazing. you'd be astounded. Well, let's do this. Let's grab a couple quick calls for you. If you're on hold, I'll get you on the air. So just hang out with me. Jamie's, we'll start with him. He's in, Jamie's in Milwaukee. Hi, Jamie. Good afternoon. Hi, it's a she. I'm sorry, Jamie. <laughs> so, Good to see you. Okay. Good to have you. I just... Um, I just wanted to comment that um, after I got my COVID, my second COVID-19 shot from Moderna, um, 10 days later, I ended up in the hospital and they, because I had no platelet count and I was there for almost two weeks, then got discharged for three days and then my platelets dropped to zero again and I stayed in almost six weeks after that and ended up having to get... um, some, I can't remember what it was called now, but cancer treatment in order to get my immune system back up to fight that. That's a long time. Doctor, your thoughts? Well, immunological concerns, obviously the number one thing I'm thankful, by the way, that you recovered. Um, uh, this, this is, what does this mRNA injection do, which is people seem to forget because a traditional vaccine, you would take a weakened part of, let's say, the influenza virus or, or uh, the measles virus, and you'd inject into the person and therefore generate a, your natural immune response to that weakened part of the virus. mRNA are strands of mRNA that are put into our body that are, by the way, using aborted fetuses, let's, you know, we can talk about that as well, to get these mRNA strands in the first place. It's, it's aborted fetal DNA that's being used to produce strands of messenger RNA injected into the arm, and then translated into proteins, into the spike proteins that then run rampant through the body. 
And we have no way to predict how any individual is going to respond to those spike proteins. We have no idea how many copies are going to be made. We don't know if it's in the process of translating from the mRNA to the protein. There could be errors. Uh, you know, there's uh, our, our own Surgeon General, Dr. Latipo in Florida, has pointed out about a half dozen of the problems just with the technology alone that have not been adequately studied. So this young lady with her, her thrombocytopenia, the number of people with blood clots, heart attacks, cancers, I can go on and on. And the neurological events like Guillain-Barre, uh, you know, are, are, that was also with HPV vaccine, which is a very potent vaccine as well. But no, these cannot be discounted specifically and particularly at a time when the coronavirus is no longer what it was with Alpha and Delta. I can't say that strongly enough. We're not in 2021. We're back to your grandmother's coronavirus or the, the one that I took care of in the 80s when I learned about it in medical school. It's a cold virus. There's no reason to assault people's immune systems with these technologies for a daggone cold that's going to last five days and you can treat with vitamin C, D, and zinc and chicken broth. Wow. All right, let's do this. We'll move along. Hey, Jamie, thank you for the call. Appreciate you sharing your story. Uh, Ronald is in Chicago. Ronald, good afternoon. Yes, doctor. Uh, my brother had a shot in uh, 2021, uh, Moderna. And last week he died. He got a, a serious infection in his arm. And I was wondering, could that have been from the COVID-19 virus? And don't shut me off so I can talk again, please. So go right ahead, doctor. Real quickly, I want to be very careful to say that I am not one of those uh, one-size-fits-all lumpers. I, there's absolutely other reasons people die than from these injections. Yeah. Uh, there's others who are trying to blame everything and anything on the injections. I am not one of those. Uh, but uh, So an infection this far out from an injection... Yeah. Probably not related to that shot two two years ago. Right. Right. Many many other conditions. Ronald, I'll, I'll, go ahead. I'll give you a quick uh, follow up. Could, could, could you hold? Don't rush me, please. This is important. Ronald, go right ahead. All right, Ronald, uh, we'll move along. Sorry about that, Ronald. Uh, you're more than welcome to call back if you'd like to. Uh, Andrew's in Lake Forest, California. Andrew, good afternoon. Yeah, hi. You love your show. Thank you. I was just wondering if. Uh, Thanks. Uh, the Paxlovid, uh, I took that last year, and I just feel like I'm not the same since then. If if, mm. if, if he knows if there's any side effects on that, um, as yeah. opposed to actually when I was in the hospital for 10 days with COVID, six months prior to that, I came out and, and did pretty well about five months later. Six months later, I came down with it again, but I took the Paxlovid early within two days. But I don't know. I, ever since then, it just... I was wondering if, if Dr. If he's, if he's aware of any side effects on that, on the Paxlovid. Thanks, Andrew. Good question. Great mm -hmm. question. Paxlovid, also produced by Pfizer. Pfizer knows darn well what to do. I, I, I had a hard time telling my accountant, my investor, not to invest in Pfizer because I wow. knew darn well what they're doing. But their stocks have gone through the roof. Not only did they come up with the vaccine, but they come up with the, the sham antiviral that's not even necessary for wow. this stuff. I have not written a single prescription for it. There are definitely detrimental aspects of Paxlovid. Um, it seems to me like the caller had natural immunity already from his initial illness, and his doctor failed to recognize that he had fully recovered 
and would not need to be treated with this antiviral that, in fact, our immune systems can handle coronavirus yeah. just fine without it. Hey, Andrew, thank you for the call. I appreciate you're that. You're welcome. I hope you're feeling thank better. You. I hope you, hope you pull through this. Uh, Dr. Ivermectin, your, your thoughts on that? It was poo-pooed heavily. You know, it was <laughs> uh, suppressed is probably the right word to use. Um, and yet so many people testify how effective it really is uh, against COVID and a number of other things. Yeah, you probably know when people when find out on my website, I was disciplined for providing ivermectin, even to a woman who had just had a baby in the hospital and the OB doctors do know that she was hypoxic, turning blue, 70% oxygen level. I had ivermectin in my pocket and actually gave it to her. That mom was able to go home in two days with yeah. her newborn baby. Um, I have many, many hundreds of cases of people, sent, and myself included, by the way, I took yeah. it along with hydroxychloroquine. Uh, and I never wore a mask. Never got, I, I, obviously, I got exposed, but I knew what to do. Ivermectin should have been called ivermycin. It's actually a, a direct relative to zithromycin or the Z-Pak, azithromycin. Yeah, right. It's a macrolide antibiotic. It's derived from Streptomyces, which is a fungal uh, origin and it's actually was initially used as an antiparasitic, but it has antiviral, antibiotic, um, and antifungal properties. It's a miracle drug. Obviously, was essential for alpha and delta variants of COVID. It has not been essential since then. I don't recommend people store it up because I don't think the next strain of COVID is going to be one that we're going to need it for. I think there's other things on the horizon. So I, I think ivermectin is going to always have good utility, but I think we're hopefully over the nasty lethal variants, the weaponized variants of COVID. You know, I was on a pilgrimage to Italy last year. I think it was last September. I was there and COVID ran through the, the tour. I was sitting next to a, a priest in the front of the bus who really, really got ill. Next thing you know, I'm ill. Everybody on this, this trip really is. There's coughing everywhere, right? People were sick as can be. And somebody came up to me and they said, do you want to take some ivermectin? They, there was, doctor was on church. Sure. I'll be more than glad to take, uh, take it. I needed something to get through this because it was really arduous. That knocked whatever I had out of me in two days. It was unbelievable how it worked. Um, and yet, let me tell you, let me, let me tell you real quick about that. I don't doubt that it has efficacy as does the Zithromax, the Z-Pak right now. So it could well be that you had, had someone had a Z-Pak in their pocket, you would have felt better in two days as well. Yeah similar mechanisms, but I'm glad to hear you say that. I Believe me, ivermectin is a miracle drug. I'm not going to say that it didn't help you. Clearly it did. Yeah, no, I, I, and again, who knows what I had? I never officially tested for COVID. I could have had something else for all I know, but I'll tell you what, two days later, I was great, and the majority of people who did test on that trip when they got back, COVID was rampant. It was it was rough. It was one of the latest variants. But uh, we'll move along. Red Cross, uh, interesting question. Denise in Chicago has got a question about the Red Cross. Hi, Denise, good afternoon. Hi, thank you, Drew. Hey. My question is, on the, um, the website, the CDC website, it says um, pa patients who've had a recent vaccine have to wait two to three weeks before they can donate blood. At first, the, the story was they wouldn't take any patients who took, who took um, AstraZeneca, Johnson & Johnson, or Moderna. But that's been updated to say, oh, that was wrong. You only have to wait two to three weeks before you can donate blood. Why? What's that all about? Hmm. Why do we have to well, wait three weeks? To, and what, what kind of blood do we, are we getting from people who had COVID? I think a lot of people are concerned about the blood supply. Denise, thanks. 
Great question. No, with, with very good reason. One of my good friends, Dr. Ryan Cole, who's been really criticized out in Idaho as a pathologist, immunologist, has brought this to light about the need to have spike protein-free blood. And the reality is for the first two weeks after receiving these injections, your body is producing, as I said, it's an unmitigated production. It's like an assembly line that's been set into action through this mRNA strand that's incorporated in every, not just in your arm, but throughout the body. So, so we don't have any way to regulate how much of the spike protein is not only produced in the body, but being shed, you know, through the respiratory tract and elsewhere. Um, you know, if you recall, when the shots first came out, they said to people to stay at home, don't go mingle in the public for one to two weeks for the same reason. Now, no one gives, now you can go to your local pharmacy and just go out and go shopping and go to the Disney World and go everywhere. They don't care because, frankly, they want everybody to be shedding um, this stuff. Now, I, I, I'm, not a, I'm not one of those also who thinks that all the shedding recently, right. well, from the natural illness is not a problem. The problem is these vaccines are still using uh, spike proteins from two years ago from older variants. Wow. So even though they say they're updating it, you know they're always behind the times and they're not respecting what our immune systems need to do, which is get natural exposures, natural immunity, and uh, we'd be better off, believe me. All right, Jim in Chicago, thank you for joining us. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Doctor, who do you think the culprit is behind this murderous shot? <laughs> Doctor, what, what, well, do you, what do you, did you hear that? I mean, J Jim calls it a murderous shot. Who's the culprit behind it? Do you have any theories on why this was pushed so hard? I, I have a theory, but it's it's one that'll probably shut us down. Like right now, the whole everything would go. Let's forget about AT and T yesterday. We would just be gone. No, I mean, there's. I'm reading a great article from two wow. years ago um, in Prime. It's still on the Great Reset, and and this fella, uh, his name is uh, Rechtenwald, talks about the uh, talks about basically what is happening with this fourth industrial revolution, this emerging of AI and big data, and and essentially, I mean. We're, we're right now imprisoned by, by all of these folks who are, have dictated to us how we behave. And this is not just insurance companies, hospitals, the medical profession. The people told me how to be a doctor, and they're not even doctors telling me how to doctors anymore. They're, they're a bunch of you know, high school graduates. I go on and on. They're following algorithms. They're following algorithms. So what's behind all of this, honestly, is probably a small group of people, frankly, who are trying to change how we all behave. And I'm, and I'm thankful always for Relevant Radio for being a, a voice that, you know, allows people to speak up against it. Well, I'm grateful to have you here. Doctor, let me do this. I'm going to take a short pause. When we come back, we'll take more calls. We're taking a look at some of the side effects uh, that are being reported. There's a new study of 99 million people. I mean, that's a huge, huge study. And um, we'll take your calls. We'll take your, your comments as well, your experiences. Feel free to join us. The number to get in is 888-914-9149. If I have time, I want to get to Gardasil, too. I know several people have been waiting uh, to talk about the HPV vaccine as well. So uh, got a little bit of time ahead of us. Hang out with me. I'll be right back. We go there. The Drew Mariani Show on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. Hey, join Father Rocky this September for a pilgrimage to Poland and Prague. You'll visit the lands of St. John Paul the Great, St. Faustina, Our Lady of Czestochowa, and the Infant Child of Prague. Seats are limited. Information at RelevantRadio.com slash Poland. That's RelevantRadio.com slash Poland. Unless you ask people how they reacted, they tend to ignore things. You know, they'll go get a diagnosis of cancer or myocarditis or autoimmune disease, and no one makes the connection. 
Believe me, no one needs booster shots. These are not helping our immune system. Our natural immune response is far superior. The Drew Mariani Show on Relevant Radio. Yeah, that's my guest today, Dr. John Littell. We're going to jump back into a conversation with him. We're taking a look at uh, some new data that has surfaced, and uh, it's quite stunning. There was a study that involved 99 million people. You heard me right, 99 million, not 999, not 9,000, right? 99 million people from seven nations who have gotten the mRNA shot from Moderna and Pfizer, the viral vector shot from AstraZeneca, and they were looking at the adverse effects that have come from these. Maybe you've gone through it. Maybe you're concerned. Look, I'm not anti-vaccine. I want everyone to know that. I, I you know, I, I am not against vaccines, but I do think that we need to really evaluate something that was done on, on a massive scale. It was a human trial. Uh, and a lot of people are now suffering the consequences of it. I also saw another story, and I'll start with this one, and we'll get back to the vaccines in just a second. There was a story that made me want to speak to Dr. Littell because he's an expert on um, on Gardasil. He wrote a book called The Hidden Truth, Deception in Women's Healthcare, and you can check him out at uh, johnlittellmd.com. That's his website. Uh, there was, it just made the news, two young girls died after getting this uh, HPV vaccine. And d- doctor, I want to pick up on that because I know you've, you've addressed this many times uh, in the past with me on the program. Uh, years ago, you and I talked about Gardasil. And uh, again, that those two deaths, uh, this 10-year-old girl and this 12-year-old girl, the mother tried to do something important and protect her child, now joins about 150 other cases uh, where Gardasil has been accused of either taking the lives of... Uh, uh, of, of young women or ultimately, you know, causing some sort of uh, damage to them. W- what's being reported? What do you know about this? How concerned should should parents be about giving their kids or themselves taking Gardasil or this HPV vaccine? Well, first of all, that's uh, those 150 deaths are blood on the hands of Merck, the company that lied to us doctors when it first rolled out HPV. I was there when it was first rolled out. They were telling us to not tell patients it was a vaccine against a sexually transmitted disease, but tell every mother and father that you, your daughter or your son will not get cancer. And if you don't give them the shot, they will. And this is based on incredibly faulty data. HPV is exclusively sexually transmitted, 100% treatable. You know, so it's 100% preventable. If a person gets it, it's 100% detectable and treatable without the need for the vaccine. Has always been, always will be, and that's discussed in thorough detail in, in the book. Uh, which, if anyone comes to Florida during spring break, just come to my office in the Orlando area. We're happy to get it there, too. But the point is, I want people to get their hands on this book because I talk in there about the campaign, the publicity campaign that Merck did to try to get doctors to guilt trip parents, as they, as the woman I mentioned earlier with her five-year-old son just recently with the pediatrician, oh, you want your son to get COVID? Well, it's a cold, guys. It's a cold. Get over it. And you're going to give him this new injection. Well, HPV, when that Gardasil vaccine came out, it still is the most potent immunological vaccine of the traditional vaccines on the market. The cases of Guillain-Barre, POTS, postural orthostatic hypertension, hypotension, tachycardia, and then, of course, other immunological reproductive issues. Women stopped having periods. It wasn't, unfortunately, the problem with all of this, Drew, is people try to report this stuff to the VAERS, 
the vaccine advent uh, adverse event reporting system bears at CDC. It is a bear. I've tried to do it myself multiple times. It's difficult to get that data in there. And most doctors, the overwhelming majority of doctors, even if they see a, a patient rolled into the ER who's dying, they're not going to make the connection to the vaccine. They're sure as heck not going to report it as an adverse event to the vaccine. So um, this is what we're dealing with. So very tragic. Uh, I, nobody needs an HPV vaccine. Uh, nobody needs an HPV vaccine. All right. Let's go back to our phones. In fact, uh, Teresa has been waiting since you joined us. She's out of Southern California, Covina, California. Teresa, hi. You're on the air with Dr. Uh, Littell. Okay. Blessings to both of you. I got a news that in October 23, our uh, Governor Lucent signed a bill that it's mandatory HPV vaccination for possible cancer swarts on all kids before the eighth grade. Dear comments. This doesn't surprise me. This doesn't surprise me that the public school system in California would make that mandatory. Drew, I have something that's going to really alarm your listeners, so be forewarned. Yes. The only school system in the Orlando area that does not allow religious exemptions for vaccines is the Catholic school system. Wow. Only the Catholic school system in the Diocese of Orlando, Florida, and I know this bishop very well, but they have put their hands, they have said, no, we want our kids. I had people asking for religious exemptions from COVID that were in nursing school and medical school. They refused. They told all their priests and all their parishes, you do not give religious exemptions for any vaccine. Well, and this, obviously, my blood boils. But, uh, you know, the state of California, I'm not surprised. Yeah. Our own diocese, yeah, I'm surprised. All right, uh, we'll move along. Juan is in California. Juan, good afternoon. You are on the air with Dr. Uh, Dr. Littell. Uh, hello, thanks for uh, putting me on. Um, so real quick, I have a son, uh, was a professional athlete, uh, was mandated to get the vaccine. Uh, and this was three years ago, and the day after he got it, he was supposed to play in a game, pitch, and felt dizzy, accelerated heart rate, uh, felt like he was going to pass out, try to play, could not do it. Going on three years, the same symptoms have not gone away. Very frustrating. Um, can't get any medical profession to professional to... They just admit that it's a vaccine. Every time you measure the vaccine, they try to steer him a different direction, say it's in his head. And it's just very frustrating. Just try to. I'm glad. How old is your son? He's 25. Okay. Yeah, uh, first of all, very sorry to hear about this. This is probably one of those arrhythmias. We saw this in healthy firefighters right after they were given the shot, and we definitely have seen it in athletic. It is more likely to be a problem in people with athletic hearts than not because the growing athletic heart in young people has more, you know, obviously you're developing more muscle mass. And with more muscle mass, you're more likely to have a short circuit somewhere. The spike protein bombarding those areas is what I have no doubt caught, triggered this. There are, there's a pediatric cardiologist, Dr. Milhone, M-I-L-H-O-A-N, out of Hawaii, who's a, who's been, he's a pediatric cardiologist. Um, you can find him, and there's other, obviously, Dr. Peter McCullough, other cardiologists that are very much out there in public on these problems. And uh, I, I don't think there's going to be any detox formula that's going to fix this. I would pray to Our Lady. And I've been doing pray. a lot of praying, yeah. Yes. Yeah, pray to Our Lady, pray to the sacred heart of Jesus and the Immaculate Heart of Mary, and your son's heart will be healed. Well, Juan, hang in there. I'll say a prayer before I leave the studio here today. I'll stop by chapel. I'll pray for your son, okay? You got it. Thank you very much. Glad to do that for you. Darlene in Caseville, Michigan. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Um, I was just calling to find out um, if anybody has seen, like, a correlation between 
the vaccine and melanoma. My daughter had to get the vaccine um, for work and she got deathly really sick, spiked the fever of like 105 and then um, bright red. And then she also had pain all over her body. And within a year of that, she um, had to get 12 biopsies at one time to get sent off as possible cancer and um, six came back abnormal and she did have to have surgeries and now she is a candidate like at a major hospital. So I'm just wondering, has anybody else um, experienced this or could it just be something that's just unique to her? Would anybody know? Well, yes, yes. And we'll keep her in our prayers too for a young woman going through all this, any person. Um, Melon, any cancer, here's the theory that's I think bearing out with even one of my own immediate family members, the, the, mm-hmm. the, 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 our cells, we have in our bodies suppressive, immunosuppressive um, uh, antibodies that, that suppress cancer cells. I'm, I'm sorry, I'm blank. But our, you know, at any point in time, anything can happen with the, with the way RNA, DNA, and proteins come, come into play that you can get a defect that could come into cancer. Well, the body's able to suppress cancer production in the human body. And then what happens with the spike protein being bombarded, and this, your daughter is a perfect example, 105 fever. Mm -hmm. She was bombarded with Mm -hmm. spike proteins. It takes all the tumor suppressive cells off the scar duty, as I put it, off their sentry duty. And it kind of diverts their attention now to the spike proteins, which are going to every organ in her body, because that's what they can Mm do. Uh, And then it allows melanomas, lymphomas, leukemias, especially to proliferate, you know, and, and take off. So, no, I, I would not doubt that there's a causal relationship. And I think if you just look at the data, the number of cancers, the cancer industry mm-hmm. is busier than ever since the rollout of these vaccines. I just got to tell you that. And that's nothing to do with COVID infection. It's, it's a vaccine problem. All right. right, right. And it hasn't been addressed by, you know, the doctors or anything. They wanted to see if it was like genetic or not. But I'm the one from had have been wondering, could it have been the vaccine that, that like you know was a starter that kind of caused it though. But thank you for your um. But let me input let me tell you one other thing that might help. She's if she's prone to melanoma, then in the entire family, this is mm-hmm. something everyone in the audience can listen to. Melanoma is genetically linked to three other cancers that I tell every patient of mine to be careful to be screening for. In women, breast cancer and men, for that matter, breast cancer, ovarian cancer, mm-hmm. and interestingly enough, prostate cancer in males. So an immediate first degree relative, mothers, fathers, sisters, brothers. You know, those are the cancers you want to look for as time goes on if you've got a melanoma case in the family. And I'll pray for your daughter. Okay. I'm so sorry. Thank you so much. You got it, darling. I'm I'm very grateful. Thank you so much. And thank you for taking my call. Thank you. you. Rochester Hills, Michigan. That's the Detroit area. Mike, good afternoon. Thanks for waiting. Oh, thank you very much, both of you. Doctor, appreciate all that you've done. Just a, a quick uh, summary I uh, wanted to provide with you on, on um, my, my experience was uh, Daystar TV broadcast out of uh, Texas, um, super coverage, providing many expert researchers, doctors, um, the like academia in support of the real facts on what was going on blow by blow as we were learning about the vaccine and COVID along the way. And what, what I find, and, and 90% of the doctors, according to Peter, Dr. Peter McCula, took, took the bait. They took the jab, so, which, is, which is rather perplexing. Why did so many doctors do this? Um, however, the Catholic uh, Diocese of Detroit 
uh, it, that I'm a member of, they would only refer people to um, the website, which all it had posted was the statement from the Pope, which didn't amount to much. So I, I appreciated your earlier comment there a few minutes back, Doctor, on uh, your disappointment. I, I was disappointed with how the Catholics responded and that they gave no response. And um, the persecution that the AMA was providing with, uh, with doctors and still is ongoing. Um, I want nothing to do with an, any AMA doctor. I'll go with the AAPS any day, which is where my wife and I went to get treatment, which if it wasn't for Daystar, we wouldn't have gotten that information. But they also have on the website through Daystar TV, all, all of the interviews conducted by the researchers over the past uh, two and a half years, actually since COVID, it's just a plethora of wow. information. And, it, you I, know, I, I, I think you're, 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 you're so informed because you've been watching media outlets like that. And thank you for your encouragement. I was fortunate to get most of those people the last three years, and we're going to do it again in October at the summits on COVID here in Florida. And my website, there's talks, you know, Dr. Latipo, the Surgeon General, and then all the way, Dr. Malone, Dr. McCullough, all these folks. You're, you're so right about the medical profession, hook, line, and sinker. But again, I, 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 many of my friends had to get it to keep their jobs in medicine. Tragic. The priests in the diocese had to get it. My closest friends since I was 12 years old, they went into the retirement home, retirement home, retirement home up in New, in New York. He was dead, you know, just dropped dead of a heart attack. I mean, I was going to go see him, you know, at, at, for his birthday just a year ago. So I, I, I really, and then I have to throw this out, Drew, and I'm yeah. sorry, you know, this is not Catholic bashing. This is just a, a reality for our, our Pope. And I know he's probably not hands-on with every appointment, but for the developer of the Pfizer vaccine to be appointed to the Pontifical Academy for Life just four days ago um, is a slap in the face to all of us. I mean, I would love to be a member of the Pontifical Academy for Life. You know the work I've done for pro-life. Yeah, and to say that there's this vaccine given to children that this woman developed, and now she's being honored by being on the Pontifical Academy for Life, uh, and well, it's, 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 just, it's so surreal. But I can't blame what we're dealing with. the Pope entirely for that, Doctor, just because you know, I don't know if he knows. I mean, a lot of people have bought into the fact that the vaccines are 100% positive, right? They've done a lot, of, a lot of good. You're in the know with a lot of the side effects that have come from it, and we see the response we're getting from people here as well. I, I think you belong on that Pontifical Council. It'd be great to, to do that. Maggie was saying the same thing. Natalie, who's in San Diego is um, her mother took Moderna in 2021, and she died four days later, had a blood clot to the brain. We'll hear her story when we come back. Stay with me. The Drew Mariani Show. Connected. Connected. Relevant Radio. Hey, join Father Rocky this September for a pilgrimage to Poland and Prague. You'll visit the lands of St. John Paul the Great, St. Faustina, Our Lady of Czestochowa, and the infant child of Prague. Seats are limited information at relevantradio.com slash Poland. That's relevantradio.com slash Poland. Again, it needs to be exposed, but unfortunately, there are very few people, even in Congress, that are willing to take a look at this. Uh, they, they all push the vaccine. Uh, they don't want to you know, be, be made aware of the fact that the vaccines might have caused injuries, might have caused death. But you know, so, so many people just simply don't want to admit they were wrong, and they're going to do everything they can to make sure that they're not proven wrong. It's the Drew Mariani Show on Relevant Radio. Yeah, that was Senator Ron Johnson, a senator from uh, Wisconsin, 
Just received a quick email here. Hey, don't know if you'll see this in time, Drew, but I'm the uh, I'm the first in my family to have alopecia totalis, which developed after having received the vaccine. Before then, I had lots of hair. Didn't experience any medical hair loss. Now he's lost his hair. Um, doctor, I want to go to Natalie, but let me just follow up on that. This, the side effects that people are reporting are wide and varied. And, I, you know, I don't know whether it's you can tie these things directly to the vaccine or maybe it can. I don't know. What, what do you make of somebody who suddenly had a full head of hair, got the vaccine, next thing you know, they're, they're losing it? If you remember what kind of symptoms people had in 20 and 21 with the additional bad variants of COVID, it was everything from head to toe, skin yeah. to lung to heart. I mean, yeah. it was incredibly inflammatory to the entire body. I had never seen it before in my life. The, the amount of damage being done to people, unmitigated, you know, with this unmitigated production of spike proteins. So, no, I am not surprised to hear that spike proteins will lead to all of these conditions if left unchecked. And that's what the unfortunate reality is with mRNA vaccines. We don't have a way to regulate what that person's immune system is going to do when you inject their arm with mRNA strands. They had no way to predict. No way. Natalie is in San Diego, California. Natalie, share your story. Good to have you with us. Hi, Drew. Thanks for taking my call. Hi, doctor. Um, this is I'm a first-time caller. I've listened for the last two years. And so this, good to talk this with you. Topic has, this topic has really has me um, very frustrated and still very emotional. <laughs> and it's been since um, April of 2021. So my mom took um, the Moderna shot on a Tuesday. And on Friday, she had a massive stroke with a, a big blood clot to her brain. So the doctors dismissed it and, and told us it had nothing to do with the shot. And they didn't really want to talk to us about it. So I, I know in my heart that it did, but what do you do from there? Yes, Natalie. Oh, my gosh. You know, I, I got disciplined for getting upset at one critical care doctor in one hospital whose patients were on the vents and not doing well. And I said, why aren't you using high-dose anticoagulants for these patients when they first hit the floor, when before, in other words, the mm -hmm. blood thinners like Lovenox, because we knew, we knew that you were getting microthrombosis yes. from those variants. And his argument with me mm -hmm. was, I haven't seen enough, enough data, which had, uh. you know, you're going to wait for something to be published. I got so infuriated with him. I said, the only evidence you need is your patients are dying. And I did get right. upset. And that's kind of where we all were in 21. Thank God they're not dying mm -hmm. from COVID now. But again, we have this other overarching issue of, of the vaccines. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, sorry. No, oh, yeah. So, so we have, we have, um, we have tried to report it also to VARS mm -hmm. and it, like you said, it's very difficult to get in, to get your information in. They don't, they don't really want the information. <laughs> well, sorry to hear that. No, but and if you see how many reports, even with that, the number of reports is as over, oh, exponentially greater than with any other vaccine, actually more events have been reported with COVID vaccines in two years or three years now than all of the vaccines combined in the history of vaccines. So, no, which is not surprising because of the number of people getting COVID vaccines, but the amount of adverse events is, and that's just a small fraction, as you said, that actually get into VAERS. So, well, God bless you, Natalie. Well, Natalie, I hope to hear from you again. Two years, a long time. I'm glad you picked up the phone and joined me today. Uh, sorry for, for your loss. Uh, Mark is in San Jose, California. Mark, good afternoon. 
Hey, thank you very much. I have a question for the doctor. Sure. We hear a lot about the side effects from the Moderna and Pfizer vaccines. I'm in that small group of people that took the J&J vaccine. So we feel like we're like the Rodney Dangerfield of vaccines. We don't get any respect because no one ever talks about any ill effects or side effects that happen to J&J patients. And what do we have to expect down the road? What do you know about the J&J? And Dr. J&J did not have mRNA in it, right? It wasn't developed using that type of technology. So it is a little bit different, isn't it, the way it was cultured? Right. It was more of a DNA virus than an mRNA. And actually, it's the one that Robert Malone, who my good friend, had taken himself. And he, he himself had a reaction to it. He shares publicly. But, but it was a self-limited reaction, thank God, nothing long-term. I'm, I frankly, and, and I, from the... Ethical perspective, um, I'm much more against Pfizer and Moderna than J&J at this point. Um, my biggest argument at this point is none of them are necessary, and none of them ever were necessary, okay. I guess is what I'm never going to change that tune. I'm sticking to that tune. But as far as long-term consequences, I have not seen as much, very rarely have I seen anybody with a J&J that had anything long-term. So congrats. All Thanks, right. Mark. Yeah. Appreciate Thank the call. You, you got it, brother. Uh, Tiffany is in uh, Arroyo Grande, California. Hi, Tiffany. Hi. Thank you so much for taking my call. Um, I was curious because I had my vaccines when I was pregnant with my third child, and I've always been curious if there's any effects, um, prenatal effects that are hmm. like they think and in, in what could come out. Um, it wasn't un, a very regular pregnancy full term. There was nothing that went wrong during it. Um, but I've always tried to look up information. I can't find anything. I know it's also still young because these kids are like three, four years old. My, my child is about to turn three. Just curious if you had found anything or, or what you know. Well, great, great uh, question. You know, the American College of OBGYN is right up there in the top list of scoundrels in our country. They, they make it a top priority to get an injection in the arm of every pregnant woman. You were one of them. Um, there is another thing that I haven't talked about, that different batches of the vaccines, and there is a site, I think, Know Your Batch, you can actually, that have been more correlated with the bad outcomes than other batches. Uh, they've been able to see which ones really were giving people the higher bolus, as it were, of spike protein. So there is that. There is the fact that your immune system apparently handled it. What Dr. McCullough and others have said, it, you really can know by how you reacted when you got the shot. If you had that 105 fever that we heard about earlier and your arm was sore for two weeks and you were physically ill, that would probably not be a good sign you know, for future. But if you otherwise reacted reasonably well, presumably you didn't have any damage. And you know, for the child, I'm also, as I wrote in my book, I'm very distrustful anymore of the vast majority of pediatric vaccines for similar reasons. So one thing I would encourage you to do is have a very critical eye when you think about vaccinating your children. That's hey, Tiffany, I, oh, I, thank you. I only have a few moments. I want to jump around to a few more calls before we run out of time with Dr. Littell. If you want to check out Dr. Littell, too, his website, johnlittell.com, two L's, two T's. Patrick in uh, Northern Michigan, thanks for joining us. I just wish that someone would comment on the detoxifications for the various vaccines that you're all discussing. I, I think it's important to know that there are detoxes out there Perfect. And I hope yes. you would share. Perfect question. I can, let me share you with that what I do know. Um, and I'll say it very briefly. I, I, I don't agree with, uh, even though I've shared some names here today, there are some folks out there who are selling detox formulas through some corporations, companies, and I don't agree with that. I don't agree with that. I think there's, this is way too complex a matter. 
Uh, unfortunately, there's not enough doctors out there that can diagnose these things, but I, I would be leery of buying a detox formula. I'm a big fan of vitamin C, D, and zinc, fresh air, sunshine, a good night's sleep. And frankly, I don't think the detox formulas for most things have been very effective. That's my opinion and what I've seen professionally. I could go more on yeah. that, but it would be another show. Well, you know, I should do a show on detox. It'd be kind of interesting to uh, to explore that. Maybe I'll do that in the in next week or the week after for those who are curious about that. Uh, I don't think we have any more t- calls. Uh, we don't have any more calls. We don't have any more time for calls. Our phones are stacked. So let me bring you back again. My apologies, everyone who's been holding so long. Doctor, I'm going to give you the final thoughts here because I only have maybe a minute left. Well, you're always great to give me this time to speak to your folks. If you go to johnlittellmd.com, you're going to see I just came up with, I'm trying my best to do some videos. Epic Times is asking me to do some stuff. But really, just the voice of a doctor who, you know, I love St. John the Evangelist. You know, know, he writes that, you know, if we say that we share in God's life while we're living in darkness, then we're lying because we're not living the truth. But if we live in the light, we must live in the light. And and that's kind of where I, I believe the good Lord has blessed me abundantly with people to keep me in the light. And that's all I'm trying to do here, Drew. You're the light of the world, the salt, and we just need to get the light and the salt out to folks and, and pray that I'm able to do it as long as I can. That's all I can ask. Well, I'm going to be leaving the studio here in a few minutes. I am going to stop by the chapel right next door. I'll pray for you. I'll pray for everyone who's listening right now and all those who carry these crosses of uh, problems with their health. Doctor, thank you. Again, it's johnlittell.com. You can check him out MD. there. MD. Is it MD on that? JohnLittellMD.com. You know, I'm sorry. It's about the fourth time I gave your address wrong. (laughs) Doctor, have a good weekend. I'm out of time for the day. Until next time, remember God loves you, and so do I. Have a great weekend.